Okay, we're going to talk about Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. These are two diseases that fall under a larger umbrella term of irritable bowel disease. Two things that these diseases have in common are inflammation. So we see an inflammatory process in both. And as far as the cause, um, these could either be caused by genetics, as they've seen in research, um, that this could be passed down in families, and they've even noted that um, twins will often have this together. If, if one develops it, the other will. And then another common cause is um, an autoimmune factor. Um, and with this autoimmune disease, we often see not only the GI symptoms, but also other existential symptoms you know, outside of that GI. Um, and, and they think that's related to the immune system attacking itself. So sometimes patients may have inflamed joints, um, things like different types of arthritis, or even lesions on the skin or lesions in the mouth. So if um, a physician is suspecting that a patient has some type of inflammation going on in the GI system based on their symptoms, they can order just some routine blood work to help diagnose that um, or to help you know, at least determine is there an inflammatory process going on. So looking at white blood cell count, erythrocyte sedimentation rate, and then the C-reactive protein. So if there's inflammation going on, all three of those could be elevated. And we also do often see infections associated with these two diseases. So the white blood cell count could be going up, could be going up because of an infection, an infectious process also occurring. Other things that we see in common as far as blood work goes is we'll check electrolytes. And these patients often have... Um, problems with electrolytes and nutrition, so we may see their potassium, chloride, and sodium drop because they have um, frequent stools. And another nutrition-related test that we can do is looking at the albumin. So the albumin can drop in these patients um, because they often have loose stool that they can lose protein through the stool. If, in, if some of that blood work comes back positive, and, you know, it's leaning towards some type of GI and nutrition issues. To truly diagnose whether they have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, there has to be a more invasive task like a colonoscopy done. Colonoscopy is taking a scope going up through the rectum to look at the lower GI system. And they can look for inflammation. Um, if, you know, if that comes back negative, another test that they could do, they could look at an EGD or they go in through the esophagus and look at the upper GI. Or um, another cool thing is a patient can swallow a pill that has a camera in it and that will, you know, follow through the GI system and they're able to, to look at pictures um, because there's certain areas that an EGD and a colonoscopy are not going to be able to get to. Um, and that little camera um, in that pill can help look at the GI system in more detail and help diagnose. As far as some symptoms that are going to be in common with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, they're both going to have abdominal pain, and ulcers could also be seen, and they both have the potential for remission and flare-ups. So during remissions, they don't have much symptoms going on. Um, they're pretty functional, but then they have these spurts of flare-ups um, where they may need extra medication or even a hospital visit to help them get through that flare-up. Let's talk about a little bit about each now and some highlight some differences. Um, Crohn's disease, um, typically this is diagnosed between ages 15 and 40. Um, and these patients, when, when looking at their GI system, 
we will see muscle hypertrophy. So overgrown muscle, we'll see fissures, which are little tunnelings through the GI system. You could potentially even see a fistula, um, which really, I guess, uh, let me back up a minute. A fissure is more of like a crack, and then the fistula is a tunnel connecting two areas. So sometimes you could see a, a fistula in the rectum, and it connects to the outside of the patient's body on the skin. And you can have fistulas in various areas throughout the bowel and even in the bladder. And when looking at the, the GI system with that scope or those pictures, we'll see, the, we'll see this kind of cobblestone appearance. We'll, they'll, they'll have um, areas of like healthy tissue and then areas like of eroded uh, tissue or that hypertrophy going on. When we look at um, as far as what areas of the GI tract are affected by Crohn's, it can affect the whole GI tract, and there's no pattern to it whatsoever. The, as far as the bowels or the stools that these patients have, they'll have about five to six soft, loose stools a day, and they're typically not bloody, but sometimes they can be. So then when we think about ulcerative colitis... Think of the name ulcerative, ulcerations. So here we see more um, ulcerations or damaged tissue within the mucosa, and it's only going to affect the colon, whereas Crohn's can affect the whole GI system. Ulcerative colitis only affects the colon. It starts at the rectum and then moves its way up the colon. The colon. And these ulcerations can even lead to tissue death over time, which could even lead to a bowel obstruction because that tissue is not able to um, move and cause you know, food to, to move through it anymore. But hearing that word ulceration, you should also think about bleeding. With ulcerative colitis, there's more rectal bleeding, more bloody diarrhea, and they often have 10 to 20 liquid bloody stools a day. So that can be quite extensive and can lead to Anemia. So we often see anemia from the rectal bleeding with ulcerative colitis. And as far as um, the ages, with ulcerative colitis, typically we see it either diagnosed young, 15 to 25, or diagnosed later in life, around 55 to 65. Now, with ulcerative colitis, um, I said that we could see anemia. So we can see anemia from the bleeding. And with Crohn's, we can also see anemia, but often with Crohn's, we're seeing a different type of anemia. With Crohn's, we're seeing more of a pernicious anemia or um, B12 anemia. So this is caused by lack of B12 absorption, which is occurring in Crohn's because of the um, nutritional issues that they have and the loose stools that they have throughout the day. So as far as complications, um, so one of them I've already mentioned, anemia. So someone who has Crohn's disease, they might have to take vitamin B12 supplements to help with pernicious anemia. Um, in ulcerative colitis, we see more of an iron deficiency anemia uh, because of losing that red, um, the red blood cells through the bloody diarrhea. So they might have to be on an iron supplement. Now, if someone with Crohn's does have a flare-up with some bleeding, 
then they may also be put on an iron supplement. It's just not quite as common with Crohn's compared to ulcerative colitis. With both, we're going to see nutritional deficiencies. So, you know, looking at their albumin levels, looking at their fluid and electrolyte status. Um, sometimes we see a risk for osteoporosis because of the nutritional deficiencies. Another complication we can see in both is something called peritonitis. So peritonitis is when the lining of the abdominal cavity is invaded with bacteria, and this can lead to um, inflammation as well as infection. So we can see that happen in both. Because of that, patients might have to be put on antibiotics to help treat that infection. So there's various types of infections that can occur with each of these diseases. Um, I talked about the risk of fluid electrolyte imbalance. So we can see that, especially for the older adult. So you think about with ulcerative colitis, since that can be diagnosed later, 55 to 65, um, if they have a fluid imbalance or electrolyte imbalance that could um, cause more damage with them, then they could be a lot sicker um, since they're older. So those patients might have to go into the hospital and get replacements. Over time, unfortunately, we could see an increased risk of cancer, um, especially with ulcerative colitis because of the ulcerations and the damage that occurs to the tissue um, that could just eventually lead to colorectal cancer. And as far as, um, I mentioned fistulas, fissures that can happen, especially with Crohn's disease. Um, and the fact that both of these can suffer flare-ups. And what can happen during a flare-up, since they're going to the bathroom often, and they can have this risk of fluid and electrolyte imbalance, um, usually what doctors will prescribe during a flare-up is that they're placed on NPO status, so nothing by mouth, because we need the GI system to rest at this time. And sometimes, depending on how severe the flare-up is, they might even have to be put on um, supplemental nutrition like TPN, which is an IV form of nutrition, total parenteral nutrition. So we can give that temporarily via IV if the GI system really has to rest for an extended period of time. That way they're still getting some kind of nutrition. Um, if they're not placed on MPO or if we're just teaching them how to avoid flare-ups, then there's certain foods that they should avoid. Dairy, nuts, pepper, anything spicy, corn, dried fruit, carbonated beverages. Those are some of the big things that should be avoided uh, because those can often cause flare-ups. So they might have to avoid those or just really decrease um, the amount that they have those. <clears throat> and if you think about it, um, uh, kind of other concerns that maybe might not be so obvious with these diseases is this can create a lot of psychosocial issues with the anxiety of constantly having to go to the bathroom. And if it happens with kids, since we can see that kind of younger population diagnosed, I'm really worried about their growth. Um, so occasionally we see this diagnosed in kids and just the fact that there can be nutritional de deficiencies. Um, there could be some stunted growth um, that we are concerned about. And then finally, I just want to mention that um, 
as far as surgeries, sometimes we do have to complete surgery in these patients. Um, more so you see it in Crohn's disease than you do ulcerative colitis. And when they go in, um, as far as the type of surgery they're going to do, they might have to do some resecting of the GI system. And we see it more with Crohn's because it can affect the whole GI system. So there can be a lot of complications from that. And so they might have to go in and do some resections and um, put in stomas. So if you can recall how to care for a stoma and, you know, what should that look like and how do I teach patients to take care of those stomas, um, that would be a good review because that's a lot of stuff that we might be teaching these patients if they have to have a surgical intervention. And then um, I guess one more thing, I, I focused a lot on like the diarrhea, uh, the blood loss that can occur, but also just in general, you know, GI symptoms, like I mentioned earlier, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and then with the nutritional problems, we could see weight loss. So in the next podcast, we'll talk about medications to use as well as to avoid if patients have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's.